All right. It's the Thompson to Clark podcast. Brad is back after uh, he was he was off last week for uh, vacation. And yeah. my son, my son jumped in and he and he helped us out here. But uh, yeah, you're back. So how, how are you refreshed? What's going on? Yeah. It, well, when you go camping in a tent, <laughs> it's not refreshing when you get back. It's fun. I love it. I have a great time. But it's not what I would call refreshing because uh, you got to load up the car completely packed to the gills. Got to put the roof rack on, do all that stuff, get there, unload, pop the tent up, do all that stuff, not sleep well because you're camping. But we were, you know, near the beach in Tahoe, uh, drinking beers, doing some hikes. Uh, One day it was like 90. I did like a three mile hike. And then I hiked down to the beach where the girls were, all three of my ladies, they were hanging out at the beach. So I ran past them, stripped everything down except for the the shorts and jumped in the water. And it was like 58 degree uh, Lake Tahoe water, but it felt so good. So uh, <laughs> that was the refreshing part of the trip. But then you got to camp, you know, pack up and all that stuff. But I do. I, I love camping. We have a really good time. Uh, it is tiring. But uh, but yeah, it was great. And I got to listen to the show when I got home and Brian did an awesome job. I got some things that I liked that he said that I wanted. Well, We'll, we'll go. Today, yeah, so. we'll go over yeah, that stuff at the, yeah, at the end sure. because I am interested in, in what you picked up on that. OK. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let, before we actually get into anything, let's let's hit our little intro and then we will kick off the show. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting. All right, so uh, we had uh, kind of an up and down week, and it sort of become you know the norm for this week. But before we get to that, I just want to explain my situation. I am not home. You don't see my normal background. I'm actually holding a mic, <laughs> which is which is which is super weird for me. It's a lot of work. Uh, I'm used. To, I used to have, have that arm and and everything. So. Um, I'm in Arizona. Lighting isn't great, so apologize for that. I got like some shadows that I can't get rid of, uh, but we're just gonna go with what we have. We're we also are doing this a day late. I had a microphone uh, <laughs> malfunction. Basically, what happened is I needed a certain uh, little dongle thing for my computer and my mic. And then I told Brad I was right as we we're about to start recording yesterday. I said, "Oh no, I forgot this thing." And he's like, oh, okay, well, let's do it tomorrow. And so we got off and we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I was just going to go to Best Buy. I was going to pick up the little device that I needed, which is basically a USB to USB-A, USB-C to USB-A. Um, and then later that evening, I was opening up some zipper and I, I found it. So, Oh, no. <laughs> So, yeah, so I didn't hear that part of it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would have given you some crap after that. That's probably why you didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's where we are. Um, and yeah, so, you know, it's actually kind of funny because I don't have a drink today. It doesn't mean that I didn't have anything because I was say you got back from somewhere, didn't you? I went to Dave and Buster's with the kids, yes. uh, my wife, Crystal, uh, the three, my three step kids, my sister and her husband and my niece and nephew met us there. So we had a, 
you know, nine person party at Dave Buster's. And so, you know, it's like 12 o'clock and I knew that I wasn't going to have, I knew I only had sparkling water here at the house uh, for the show. And I was like, you know what? I think they have an open bar right now. (laughs) And so, uh, asked the guy, I was like, Hey, you know, Jack and diet at noon. (laughs) And he's like, you got it. So that, so I did have something, It helped because there was, you know, several hours of loud children and music and playing and tokens. And, (laughs) you know, I want this and I want this thing with these tickets that we got. So it was fun. I I had a blast. But uh, so I don't have my drink. I only have uh, my key lime uh, LaCroix. But before we get to Brad's drink, I do have a story because Brad and I actually saw each other over the weekend. We uh, Brad lives in Reno. In Nevada, and we were headed out to Truckee, which is in California, very close to Nevada. Uh, Lake Tahoe is probably what people would would uh, understand. And so, met up with Brad, and we we hung out. You know, Brad's wife, my wife, we had a fun time. My dog had a blast, but we were in Truckee uh, for a couple of days, and I went to a restaurant on the Fourth of July called the Bar of America. <laughs> On the 4th of July. It was poetic. Awesome. Yeah, we, we had to do it. So what they had is they had these drinks called The Cocktail. That's what the drink was called, The right. Cocktail. And I didn't really understand what it was when I you know I looked on the thing, the menu. And so the waitress explained it. Basically, they take like different types of liquor, different types of fruit juices, and they blend it into a slushy, And then you top it with like, whiskey or with uh you know tequila or something like you have a topper as well yeah and, and so i was like this is so intriguing but if i actually have this drink i'll probably be sick because there's so much sugar and so much different alcohol and i i forgot what i had i probably had uh, i mean i think i just had like a bullet bourbon but i i was just intrigued with it enough she's like look you don't have to buy it because i think if it's i think it's like it's an expensive drink because of all the different alcohols. But the other thing is that they have a strip of bars and restaurants in downtown Truckee and they all serve this drink. And if you show receipt that you got this drink at one of the other bars and you're going to get it again later that day, they give you a discount and there's like a punch card. Like if you get like three of them in a day, like you get like 50% off the last one or How something. How are you going to have three of those? Man? And I was just like, man, I wonder if people just like, you know, maybe they head over there about noon. They go to one sports bar. They watch a game, have the thing. Then they go to another sports bar and you just kind of hang out downtown. I mean, I I, I hope Uber is very popular in <laughs> Truckee. But anyway, so I, I had it. It's exactly what she said. It was like a slushy, but it was with, uh, you know, with alcohol, very tasty. But I had like what would probably be like a shot of it. So yeah, I did. I don't, I don't have a drink, but we did experiment. <laughs> I did have a drink today, Brad, what are you drinking today? Well, uh, but, but I got to ask, like in your parents' house, did they have drinks at all? Uh, I think you told me, no, they don't. So that's why it, it's harder, a little bit harder to find one in the house. So, so when I was here, I've done this podcast with you mm-hmm. on video from one other time from Arizona the reason we had alcohol is because we had just thrown my son's party, his graduation party. So we had all the, you know, the seltzer, hard seltzer things. And then I think I actually bought, 
I bought, I had some whiskey or something that I, that I may have had, but yeah, that stuff is not, does not exist at this house. So that's yeah. why. Okay. Well, and then, so I got to ask you, what's your temperature today? You're uh, in Arizona. So. I think it, last time I checked, it was 102. Oh, so you guys were the same today because we oh. had I mean, it's wow. you know, Reno. You, you know, Reno's hot. When you yeah. were here the other day, yeah, I couldn't. I wore a dark shirt like a moron. So I'm. We're sitting outside because you brought Iggy Doggy with you. Yes. So I'm like, well, we're going to a brewery, so we're going to sit outside, and I'm going to have some beers, and and you know, I'll, I'll cool down then. Well, I got there and we were sitting under out, out, outside underneath this overhang that I think was like a magnifier for the heat <laughs> because it was like 93 or something like that that day. And uh, but it felt like 187 because I'm sitting under this thing going, oh, my God, and I'm wearing this dark shirt and you guys show up and I'm like trying to not look like an idiot, like <laughs> already sweating through my shirt. Yeah, we've been here 10 minutes and I'm drenched. But uh, yeah, so 102 here today. So one of my favorites, I like I like Deschutes Brewing Company out of Oregon. Uh, this is the Little Squeezy Juicy Ale. They have a couple of squeeze, like their line of, of beers. Um, they have oh, uh, like Fresh Squeeze and a mm. couple other ones. But this is the Little Squeezy because it's it's only 5%. It's a lower alcohol beer. Um, and it's got uh, what they do. Usually the, when you talk about like a juicy ale, it's kind of really kind of light in color for the most part, but it's, it's ale, you know, it's an ale color, that nice golden color, but they use a type of hop usually in juicy ales where it really brings out the aroma uh, from the hops. That's either like pineapple or mango um, because the hops, when you, when you steep them, you really get these really nice flavors out of them depending on what you use. So this one's very refreshing, very light, good for a super hot day. Our AC is working again in the house. It's 76 outside. It's 102. So it's all good. And I'm enjoying my beer. Awesome. All right. So we had a question on Twitter mm -hmm. and I wanted to bring it up because it's sort of, it, it is very much the story of, of this week. So I'll quickly yeah. recap. We're already in the middle of the week. So recapping last week, you know, people people been there, done that. But yep. so Giants lose two in L.A. And then they come to Arizona, which is I, just, I miss them by one day. Yeah. Uh, so they lose on Thursday and then they win three straight. So they actually have a 500 week Though, because of those two Dodgers games, Dodgers make up two games on them. You know, not not the best week. I don't think I don't think I think the the fans would have been happy with the uh, one win and one loss and then whatever happened with the D-backs. But because of it didn't happen that way, uh, I think there was a lot of frustrated fans. And, and look, it's hard to be frustrated when your team is uh, on pace to win 100 games. We're being, you know, we're being kind of we're being kind of yeah. spoiled at, at yeah, that yeah. point. But I think, you know the the realization of everything is like we are always waiting for the Dodgers to catch us and to take us over and then right. we're going to say see we knew we weren't that good right <laughs> like this was a little bit of a mirage like there are fans who are waiting to do this uh, oh yeah but they're there know, we see them every day every single day on twitter i see it I, I saw how, some. How are I, we like this? How is this happening? How are we still in first place after yeah. all of this? It's like you're not happy with that. You know what was funny? I yeah. saw one during the weekend. It was, whatever game it was, where Austin Slater hit a bomb or two, 
And uh, one of the, I think he had made an out with runners on and one of the, one of the Twitter, Twitter folks that we follow, or maybe this was retweeted in our feed said, why is he still on this team? And then he goes out and hits a home run in his next at bat. And we, I was just like, come on guys. That's that's my favorite. That's my absolute (laughs) favorite because I want to get on there and say, it's a 162 game season. These guys, well, back in the day, you're going to get 500 at bats, 550, maybe yep. 600 if you're Tony Gwynn or you know somebody else leading off and, and playing every day. Nowadays, with the Giants, you're going to get 400, 450. That you know because they platoon so much. Yeah. So you've got 400 at bats, 450 at bats. You're going to have ebbs and flows. You're going to have times where you're in your head. You're going to have to. So when that happens and, you know, like Talkman, why is he here? Now we miss him. Guys hurt. We yeah. miss his defense. We need his defense back. Um, you know, the, the way the Giants are managing this club. Yes, Talkman's going to hit 190. But he's also going to make some tremendous catches. Uh, Same with Slater. Same with Duggar. I mean, you're going to see these guys go up and down and up and down. And and you know that that uh, Kapler's not going to push the right buttons all the time. He just has to do it most of the time. So yeah, so I love I love those tweets like Talkman again in the lineup leading off, and then he makes a grab over the wall to preserve the win. <laughs> and everybody goes, yeah, 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 no, we need him in the lineup. So. I love it. Yeah, and, and look, the, the Giants are still uh, a half game above the Dodgers in, in first place in the West. At 53 wins, there's only one team in baseball who has more than that. That's the Red Sox. Houston also has 53. Dodgers have 53. And so I think in there are still fans who, like their instinct is that the glass is half full with the Giants because we always expect them to break our hearts in the end. And then you just forget that they won three World Series championships in uh, the 2010s. But I, I do think there is there is that instinct. So uh, if for those negative folks, they are four and six in their last 10. They are on two-game losing streak. Yeah. Um, they still are 20 and 15 against 500 or over teams, which I think is, is really good. The Dodgers are actually 18 and 20 against 500 or over teams. So there is still a a lot to be happy about, a lot to be thankful for. And they just kind of need to turn it up. Like the series against St. Louis, they just lost the first two games of the series. They're going to pick it back up here in another two hours uh, from when we are recording. But so that that is where I'm going to bring up this tweet by one of our favorite people who is, uh, is is so great on Twitter and always says such nice things about us. So we want to give her a little shout out, <laughs> which is Giants B, Anna SF Gal. She said, and this was during uh, the Dodgers series. It may have been first game of the Diamondbacks. I'm not. I don't exactly remember what what the when she tweeted it, but she says, "Is this the slump that Thompson to Clark was talking about in their podcast?" Oh my gosh, I wish they were wrong. Now, what she was meaning was when we had this discussion on whether the June swoon is a thing or not, and um, so then I just followed up there. I was like, "Oh, you mean the June swoon?" She's like, "Yeah." So I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to ask you. Is there recent and you ha- I guess you can call it a, a slight slump since they've been playing so well this season. Is this something to be worried about? 
I say no. The Giants are limping right now, and they have so many guys who are injured, so many guys who are just not hitting the ball. And I think when you don't have a Brandon Belt in the lineup, you don't have a Brandon Belt in the clubhouse. I mean, he is a he's an old guy. You know, you talk about the the T-shirts they were wearing yesterday. Uh, yesterday, let the old guys play. Uh, Buster Posey, there he is. Look at that. <laughs> Buster Posey, uh, Brandon Crawford, and Brandon Bell. They're the three we talk about all the time when we talk about the old guys. When you're missing one of the old guys and he's banged up, that's veteran presence in the clubhouse, veteran presence in the lineup. He could be hitting 220, but he's still at first base where everybody expects to see him. He's still making great picks on balls in the dirt. He's still making great over-the-shoulder catches on foul balls going down the line. Uh, He's still getting on base, and he's still running into him and hitting home runs. So when you're missing guys like that and you're missing Tommy Listella, who hasn't been there most of the time, Donovan Solano is not himself this year. Uh, Things are happening with him, too, and, and it's because of injuries. So I am not at all worried about this team. When you look at AAA... And you look how stacked they are with arms. They can let a Jimmy Scherfe get DFA'd. And they, say, they, have, they have a few of him on they, this. They, well, they've got more than a few. I mean, yeah. Brebbia is up. Uh, all these guys are getting healthy again. Uh, Tyler Beattie is now in the bullpen. Uh, his numbers are rough in AAA. I think he had an ERA over like six. He's also walking like four or five guys per like three innings, which is also not not at all what you want to see from, especially from a guy coming out of the bullpen. Giants bullpen has been fantastic all of June. Everybody is limping into the all-star break. And I think it could be a mental thing too. When you see that on your schedule, you look at your schedule. I'm going to make a lot of noise here because I'm going to get this out because I keep this on my desk like at all times. But when you see this schedule and you're, and you're looking at, I mean, you're like three games away, four games away, five days away from the all-star break. That's a mental thing that you're looking at and saying, I got four days off with my family, unless you're, you know, one of the three guys that that made it from the giants to the all-star game. But you're saying, I get four days off. I get to fly home. I got to be with my family. If they live in San Francisco, uh, I think we finish in San Francisco, right? Yeah. We finish in San Francisco. So really, uh, you know, the giants are playing at home right now. They got an off day at home, and they got three games at home, and then they got four off ga- off days, and then they're in St. Louis. So they're going to have to travel the day before probably to get to St. Louis. But but that's a mental thing. You look at that and you say, mm, I'm just trying to push through these last couple of games here to get that break. And then when they come back, I think that's the tell. That's that's going to be it right there. They're going to be on the road. They're they're, they're coming back uh, in St. Louis in L.A. for four home for Pittsburgh, home for L.A. for three, Houston's coming in for three. So that's the stretch you really want to look at. I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned about what's going on right now. They put up a fight in the game against the Cardinals last, la- last night. They lost 6-5. Two Giants Vosler- killers, by the way. Two Giants and Arenado, not on their teams that used to kill the Giants. Yeah. They are now break, a new team. And break that Cardinal Giants. team up. Just get them out. I mean, this is ridiculous. Who are they? They're going to go get Max Muncy in the offseason now and like load up this team. It's just destructive for us. I don't like it. But and and they have to go to St. Louis right after the All Star break for that. But but so that's that's kind of the tell is 
after that. Uh, and again, a hard fought game last night. Vossler almost hits one out, almost yeah. hits one off the top of the wall. They maybe drive in two runs and the ball game's over. They're fighting in these games. The two games that they lost, they're still fighting. Uh, so, and it, you know, kind of a big thing is tonight. How do they bounce back? Uh, and then they get an off day and then they got Washington coming in for three. Uh, that's another tough series. So how do they do in these next four games? Uh, if they split it and they go two and two and they limp into the all-star break and they're half a game or one game up or, or one game down, even if they're one game down, that's not that big of a deal. It's going to be that four game series going into LA. That's the big deal after a big rest. And the Dodgers are getting a rest too. So giants have one tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, would be great to get one against St. Louis. And then they have three against Washington. Both teams are 500 baseball teams so far. Washington is playing a lot better than, than they started. Uh, But these are teams that, you know, the giants usually take care of and they just haven't right now. I, you know, last night's game was a close game, but they're playing from behind the whole time. You know, that, 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 that is, this team is built to get an early lead, Utilize starting pitching, utilize bullpen and get out of there, you know, when winning four to two, like that's how this team is kind of built to, to win. Now they, they, there are times when they'll score seven runs, they'll score 10 runs, but when they're playing the kind of baseball that I think the team was built to play, it's like, you know, get ahead, play good defense, good starting pitching and, and, and shoot, shoot them down in those last couple innings and, and walk away. But um, so not, not, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the stats to see what their record is when, you know, when they do get behind, but um, you know, they're traditionally this year, they've been getting ahead in like all, almost all their games. And, and it's been, it's been a great uh, recipe for success for them. Well, and, and they're also, I mean, it's well-documented. They're also not getting the hits with runners in scoring position. When that starts to happen, and again, that's that's no product of anything. That's not a product of this team is bad. This team can't clutch up when there's runners in scoring position. That's baseball. That's just baseball. It happens. There are streaks. If you've 162-game season, I'm going to say this a lot today, 162-game season, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have streaks. That's what this game is all about. So when the Giants start going on the hits with runners in scoring position streak, it's going to get nasty and ugly for the other teams. And so if that happens right after the all-star break, the giants can then break out to another four game lead. I mean, it's, it's very doable with this team. This team is built to do that. This team is built to, uh, um, platoon and get the right guys in there but with so many injuries right now that's just that's that's hard to do so that's going to be huge to finish this up and get a four game break and and a four day break and hopefully hopefully get some of these guys back healthy and ready to go on monday you had tweeted that uh Mm -hmm. dr akazuki is uh, (laughs) he's been pretty busy so just i'll just quickly read the uh, medical update thing that you had tweeted out Brandon Belt starting light baseball activity. This was as of Monday. Mm-hmm. Tommy LaStella continuing modified baseball activity. Evan Longoria continuing with his rehab, and we'll see Dr. Akazuki. Reyes Maranta will throw a live BP session. Buster Posey getting treated for his left thumb contusion. We really dodged one there. Yeah. Aaron Sanchez scheduled to throw live BP. Mike Talkman scheduled to see Dr. Akazuki and could start light baseball activity today or tomorrow. Like Dr. Akazuki, like Monday, he was just like, sorry, 
rest of the world. I cannot take any more patience. And it was July 5th. Most people had the day off, but Akizuki's like, oh, no, no. I've got, I've got too many guys to take care of. The Giants need me. Us fans, I might have, you know, we had the 4th of July celebration. I had the 5th of July celebration for our doctor uh, just to say thank you. Please continue to work, get these guys healthy. Because when you look at, you go down that list, that's four starters in the starting lineup, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, so if you want to know why we're four and six in the last 10 games, it's not because we're not getting hits with runners in scoring position. That hurts a little bit, but it's because we don't have four starters in our starting lineup and we don't have that platoon to be able to do that because when you've got those guys in the starting lineup and then you do what, what they've called and dubbed the line shift uh, this season and then guys, you know, you can go, okay, here's our right-handed lineup. And now they're bringing in a, a, a righty, Hmm, line change. Here comes all of our lefties off the bench. Now they're playing. That is so awesome and so fun to see and kind of a new aspect of this team that I really, really love this season. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a couple of news notes. Uh, this actually happened um, before early earlier uh, the season, which was um, the Giants uh, sent down a favorite of ours, uh, Mauricio Dubon. Uh, and uh, they brought up Tyro, and he is basically there to uh, play a lot uh, from from what I've seen so far. He's hitting the ball really well, and uh, I wonder, I wonder what that means for Dubon because Dubon's value, his value was not in being an everyday player necessarily, where you just pencil him in. His value was in his ability to play multiple positions, and like you said. Uh, Zadie and Kapler, they love to uh, set up situations. You know, they're we're, we're going all left-handed hitters here. We're going all right-handed hitters. We're moving guys around. And Dubon fit because he could play three different infield positions, and then he could also play in the outfield. But his bat was just uh, so... It was getting worse. It didn't look like it was getting any better, and so right. that's why you bring up the uh, the shortstop, and you know he's he's he can play a couple different positions as well. So, what did you think about this move, and, and did it surprise you that Dubon was uh, going down? Yeah, I think it surprised everybody. Um, <clears throat> Dubon had been struggling. You know, he he had a kind of an emotional. Um, uh, post-game interview after one of the games against uh, Anaheim where he had hit a home run. He said he'd just been working and working and working. And his wife, you know, was kind of saying, do you have time for me? And he said, I've got to get myself ready. So, so that's kind of a glimpse into the world of these guys aren't robots. They don't yeah. just come to the ballpark and, and hit the ball. And if they don't, they go home and then, you know, disappear and then they show up again at the ballpark to entertain us. These guys have families and when they're struggling, their family around them struggles too, because this is their livelihood. This is who they are, especially a young player like Dubon. Um, he's a very emotional guy. We've seen that. That's what we love about him. We love our emotional players. Uh, we loved Romo. I mean, Romo is one of our most emotional players of all time, Sergio Romo. So when we the, see guy the, like the guy took his pants down <laughs> when yeah, they that's emotional. <laughs> <laughs> so uh oh yeah no i i'm i'm 100 behind you like i i like dubon like my dad really dislikes dubon he's like oh, oh really he makes, he makes too many <laughs> stupid mistakes well yeah i mean he he is kind of he is kind of i i don't i don't want to say this in a mean way but but we used to say this about ball players 
all the time when we played with him or coached him, a little bit boneheaded. Yeah. And but but you can overcome boneheadedness with just raw talent. And the guy's got raw talent and he's working hard. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah he makes things happen. He he just doesn't make them happen enough sometimes to overcorrect the uh, you know the base running mistakes or the outfield mistakes. Uh, so you know, just to get a little bit more into Estrada, so Tyro Estrada. Uh, he was. Uh, they picked him up from. I think it was the the Yankees, right? Didn't they trade for him? Um, you know, I don't. I'll, I'll look at that. I I believe it was a waiver pickup, but I'll, let me take a look. Yeah, as Brad as Brad uh, takes that takes a look at that. So he is. Uh, he's played shortstop. He's played second. He's played third. So he kind of fits in. Not going to play in the outfield for the Giants. Uh, so that that's one thing. But twenty five years old. Um, he came up and immediately paid dividends. Uh, he's, he's got one home run though in these uh, last three games, he's, he's hitless. So I, I mean, I think it's an interesting, obviously his bat should be much better than Dubon's, but you know, it's not like the giants are going to have a ton of patience with him. If he is necessarily going to struggle, it's going to be kind of like, okay, next man up. What do we got to do? Let, let's see it. Let's see if Estrada plays well. And if he doesn't, then we'll sort of have to figure it out. Um, but I think they're going to give him a shot to, you know, to basically replicate uh, what what Dubon was doing. And, you know, Brandon Crawford is really the only guy currently in the in the uh, lineup who will hit against left handers. You know, they'll, they'll basically platoon everybody. And then uh, except for Brandon Crawford, when when they when they get uh, left handers to come up to the play or to, to pitch. Um, so he is uh, still. Arge, uh, Arb eligible until 2023. So they got lots of time with him. And, uh, and yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully he, he performs like, you know, I think like some people hope that he does, but I wouldn't expect him to be like, you know, this is not, um, this is not like a, a tippy top prospect who's coming up and who's going to, you know, who's all of a sudden going to be the, be the person that you just pencil in every, every week. There was a reason why the Yankees let him go. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's a good fielder, and he's going to have his he's going to have his games. And we saw that the first game or two that he he came up uh, with us. Our first game actually was like a month ago, and he played one game. I think he went zero for three. And then the second time they brought him up, his first couple of games in Arizona, he was just on a tear. And uh, I know we picked him up on our national league only league, uh, our fantasy league, and 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 he was going off that one night. And he texted me. He said, "You got him in the lineup, right?" <laughs> I like, oh, yeah, I put him in there because I mean, when you're in a national league only league with 13 teams, yeah, you got to find starters. So if you know that a guy got hurt and they're bringing up somebody, it may not be a prospect. The guy may be a you know 220 punch and Judy hitter, and you're like, well, I, he's going to play. We got to put him in the lineup. Um, but yeah, so Estrada was DFA'd by the Yankees on April 6th. Uh, Giants saw that and made a move because th- they said all along too they needed some depth at shortstop and third base in triple a. So Estrada was one of those guys they saw and they said, well, he's got experience. Let's go ahead. So they went ahead and traded for him uh, for cash consideration. So it really didn't pay anything for him. Uh, it didn't cost him any players. Um, and uh, tore it up in triple a and Dubon speaking of tearing it up in triple a uh, Dubon got sent down and he said, 
look what I can do. So he's <laughs> 542 since then, <laughs> five games. He's uh, 13 for 24 with a, a double and four ribs, three walks, and only five strikeouts in those at-bats. Good for him. At-bats. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's showing that, hey, look, I'm working. But And, and again, he's one of those guys that I kind of think he needs to play every day. I don't think he can be alone with his thoughts on the bench for a game or two. I think that kind of hurts his game. But but what do you do? I mean, th- this team is, is built for um, – platooning this team is built for you're going to play center field today because this guy's pitching uh tomorrow you're not going to play but you're going to come off the bench in the seventh inning when there's the line change mm-hmm. and then the next day you're going to play shortstop uh for about three innings yeah. and then you know so so that's that's kind of hard for some guys i think to get used to and i think maybe he has to kind of mentally get used to that and prepare for that but he seems at this point of his career he would benefit from an everyday position in the lineup and an everyday position in the field. And he's getting that in triple a. So, so, uh, giants first round draft pick 2014, Tyler Beatty, who in the minors this year, Oh, and three, 6.56 ERA 1.91 whip. So he's not getting a lot of guys out (laughs) and he was the guy who they decided to bring up. I'm assuming, I don't know this, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they needed a, a, a long guy who could possibly start if necessary. Um, but I don't imagine he was brought up to fill anybody's spot. I, he, I think it was for flexibility. Um, but what did you think of uh, Tyler Beattie and his uh, horrific stats uh, being yeah. brought up to the team? I, I texted you when, when that happened and I said, his numbers haven't gotten any better. They're awful because I kept looking. So when he started making his rehab starts, he was going, you know, two innings, two innings, three innings. Now he's up to about four innings per start. Um, but his numbers have just not gotten any better. Uh, they are rough. At one point, his ERA was up to like 7.77. So 7.77 is great if you're in Reno and you're hitting the slot machines. But 7.77 is awful if you're a starting pitcher. And, I mean, he's walking. When you look at it, he's not going more than four innings a game in AAA. And he's walking three batters a game. Uh, His last start on July 2nd against Las Vegas, uh, four and a third, four walks, four strikeouts, four hits, two runs. Uh, So he's limiting the damage a little bit in the run category. Uh, but but still walking a lot of players. And and I think when he was brought up, they said he's going to be, like you said, long guy out of the bullpen. So that's going to be the first couple of appearances, I would imagine. Uh, at some point, they're going to need that, uh, you know, that starting, uh, whatever you want to call it, the collaboration start where you've mm-hmm. got two or three guys. I don't know if that's tonight because Cueto went last night. I think it's Friday. Yeah, that's going to be Friday. Because that, that's so. when Sammy... Long would have started. Okay, so but tonight they had would have on the right? list. I think so. Yeah, I, I haven't even looked yet. It's too it's too early in the day for me to look at starters. I usually <laughs> look like about a half hour before the game starts. Um, I don't like to get too anxious too early in the day of who our starter is going to be. Uh, but yeah, so so at some point they're going to need uh, they're going to need BD. They're going to need uh, if Long comes off the D the IL, which he's not going to. 
until I imagine after the All-Star break, because he went on retroactive to the fourth. You're looking at 10 days. So, yeah, so he's not going to come back until after the All-Star break. Uh, so Beatty's probably going to be that guy. Get, hey, Beatty, go out there, go out there, get us two, three innings if you can, and we'll just kind of go from there. We got Brebia, we got Latell, we've got all these guys that kind of eat up innings, um, and that's really successful for the Giants when they bookend it with a starter going six or seven the day before and a starter going six or seven the day after. If they can't bookend it with that, it gets a little bit rough for the bullpen, but it's been working lately. It's been working really good for the Giants, especially in June. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm really curious to see him because coming off the Tommy John and missing all of last season, read a really nice article about him that he was working extremely hard uh, to come back and, uh, you know, working really hard with his pitches and with this Giants pitching staff. And so it's very exciting to kind of see where Tyler Beatty is at at this point. Um, I think, I don't know if he cut his hair though. I think in, in the article it said he, he let the hair grow and it was like almost mm-hmm. shoulder length. So I'm kind of curious how that, wow. how that went. Cause we, we've never seen him with long hair. So, so wood is going tonight. Um, okay. So also <clears throat> Logan Webb is kind of close, I guess, uh, they didn't they didn't say he was necessarily going to be activated soon, but it sounds like could be in the next couple of days. And he's also in consideration for that Friday start. So they may both like you said, they may both throw uh, innings on, on that in that game. Um, the, I, here, here's the quote from Kapler. And I guess this is the quote that you say when you're bringing up somebody who is not playing very well. He goes, <laughs> his control was not great on this rehab assignment, but we feel like this extra adrenaline may help his focus and it gives him a chance to really find that control. I feel like adrenaline can often be a bad thing for control, but he thinks that it's going to be a good thing for control. So he's just trying to, you know, pat BD on the butt, you know, give him some kind words. So he goes out there and has some confidence, which I get, you know, that's kind of Kapler's deal. Anyways, he's, he's out there to, to, to have his players backs uh, more than, more than most managers. I feel like. I, I think so. I think uh, Kapler is really good with that. He, he is. I mean, we used to talk about when we were younger, uh, you know, the, the most common phrase for a good manager who worked well with his players was he's a player's coach. He's mm-hmm. a player's manager. Um, Kapler was a player not too long ago, and he's had his experience in the Dodgers organization. He's had his experience uh, managing the Phillies now with us. So he's got that experience, but it's not too long ago that he was a a player himself. So he understands the game really well, coming directly from it, going right into coaching. Um, Yeah, that is an interesting quote. Because, because, yeah, like you said, adrenaline coming off of Tommy John surgery, you're walking a lot of guys. Is that what you want? Probably not. But I mean, it's, you know, it's just throwing out words. But, uh, but, but the other thing too is you've got BD who's going to get a chance to work with, um, the Giants uh, pitching brass in person. I'm sure he's been working with them all along. I know he did in the off season last year, uh, as well as the pandemic shortened season. He worked with the, the um, pitching brass quite a bit. And now 
probably this season, I would imagine it was remotely, uh, you know, kind of going over numbers, going over um, arm location, different things, spin rates. Um, I almost say like when I say spin rates now, I almost say like I almost feel like I'm cursing. <laughs> right? Doesn't it feel that way? Like with all the glove checks and the hat checks and everything else, I feel like saying spin rate is like bad words. But no, it's real. I mean, <laughs> spin rates are there whether you have pine tar uh, or rosin or nothing, you're still going to have spin rates. So they've been talking about that. And now that he actually gets to see these guys in person, they get to see live bullpen sessions with him, see him warming up in the bullpen. And I think that's going to benefit him down the line. I think that he, I think he needs this at his, at this point of his rehab assignment is to get up with the giants and get into some games. So hopefully we see him tonight. I mean, that would be fantastic if we finally get to see him out there and, and throw some pitches. So, Okay, I'm going to show Brad a photo, and I want to get his first reaction. For those listening on the podcast, I will explain the photo after I show Brad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So the that's, photo, a t- that's a tough one. <laughs> the photo I just showed Brad was of these new Giants jerseys. Uh, what do they call them? The City Connect or the City... Something? City Connect, yes. Yeah, the, the City the Connect jerseys... Are- and the Giants are 0-2 since involved. But, but go ahead. Keep going. So the jerseys, uh, at least this is the white color that I've seen so far. Yeah. It's got the bridge on the sleeve. And it on the bottom of the G, that which is orange, it's a little bit of a brighter orange than we're used to. Yeah. Bottom of the G, there's like some white. And then at first when I saw it, I was like, wow, like the, the jersey's already faded. Like what happened? <laughs> but that is supposed to represent fog. Yeah, which I'm not sure. Like fog is 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 a thing. It is definitely yeah. a thing in the Bay Area in San Francisco. But I didn't know that it could be a marketing gimmick to sell jerseys. I, I don't I actually don't yeah. think it's going to work in the way that they did. Think you, did you work. also know that it could be? It was ground fog. I didn't. No, yeah, no, there's exactly. such thing as ground exactly. fog, or maybe fog, the fog, yeah, the fog yeah. is like <laughs> rising. Uh, I don't know. And weird. and uh, Alyssa Nakin is, is in this photo as well, uh, one of the Giants coaches, but it looks like her jersey is kind of that cream colored. Mm-hmm. And well, and then, well, now that I'm looking at it, so it looks like. And then and then they got poor Dubon in there. That was that was messed up. I, yeah, <laughs> they should have done a couple more players to say like, "Uh oh, Dubon's not here." Yeah, yeah. We yeah. better get somebody else because so we've got Gossman, we've got Crawford, we've got Wood, right? Uh, yes. And then we've and then we've got uh, Dubon, and we've got uh, Alyssa Nakin, who's uh, representing the coaches for the Giants. So I mean. Hers looks off-white. Woods looks a little, a little off-white. off-white. Yeah, and then all the other ones look like white. So I'm not sure because the Giants have that cream color uh, uniform, which is unique, which is really cool that the Giants don't have a white jersey. It's kind right. of that cream colored. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I, I like <laughs> oh. if I, I, don't, mm. I don't play softball, but <laughs> if I did. And I saw a team come out in those that uniform. I was like, "Oh, that's the one of the greatest softball uniforms I've ever seen." Yeah, but 
for a baseball uniform, it is not. It looks like softball uniform, and yeah. I, I'm kind of frustrated with that. But and it's you know not what? this orange either. It's no. like a weird kind of like reddish orange, yeah. Almost. Um, the the one thing I saw. So I showed my wife. She turned around. I, you know, she sits over here while she's working. I said, "Oh my gosh, look at these." She turned around and looked, and then she goes, "Oh no." And turned right back around and started working. I mean, that was it. That's all she gave it. Um, I liked the sweatshirts. We posted a picture of it on our Twitter account. Um, I think that was Monday when they unveiled them. Uh, John Miller and and Mike Kruko were wearing the sweatshirts. And they were that orange. They were more like kind of this orange with the big G and the fog again coming up from the ground. I don't yeah. know why it's on, not on top. Um, but, but just that and like the Nike logo and the SF underneath it. And I was like, well, that's cool. I could yeah. get behind that. Yeah. And I thought the hats were okay. And then when you turn to the side and it's got the big Golden Gate Bridge on each. No. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see. Uh, I guess you keep, you can, they, we'll I, see it a little bit with Gossman. Even Nike was like, we don't really want to show those hats. <laughs> that. <laughs> but I don't know. There, I. Hmm. Yeah, I think they could have done better. I think they could have done better. I don't know if I if I got to choose how to do it. Um, I probably would have gone more like like here, like the New York. Okay, mm-hmm. like add something with that. I know they're going City Connect in San Francisco, but mm-hmm. we're from New York, mm-hmm. uh, so something a little bit more with like that type of script. Even though you have that already in the Giants, but the 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 script is a little more pronounced on that. Uh, you can see on my blanket right here the Giants baseball mm-hmm. logo. That is one of my favorite logos in all of sports. Not just because I'm a Giants fan, but that baseball, that nice white bright baseball with the stitching on it and the giants that fits perfectly in that something like that real huge on the chest, I thought would have been so awesome. So I think they really missed an opportunity, but you know, who am I? I don't work for Nike. So, yeah. (laughs) All right, let's move on to our player of the week. Now, um, let's quickly go through this. We usually do this countdown and you know, who are the, it's just last week is already like 10, you know, the beginning is 10 days ago, but Go ahead and uh, read who the three people were, and we'll quick, quickly read the poll, and then we'll move on so that we okay. can get to the rest of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we we do we do it Monday to Monday. So that's how we do it. So I'm just going to blast through this because now we are – this is Wednesday. We were recording this. So it was a couple of days old. Um, <clears throat> but tied for second place, Austin Slater and Tyro Estrada, who had burst on the scene. Now he's hitting 222. <laughs> but, but, but his first week in the season, he was hitting 333. Um his first week up. So he hit 333 with a home run, five ribs, three walks, a 475 Woba. So he tied with, uh, I think they both had 30% of the vote. Um, him and Austin Slater. Slater hit 375. He only had eight at bats that week, but he had two home runs, three RBIs. I mean, two moonshots, too. One yeah, of that's who I picked. I picked Slater. Yeah. And, and and with the game winner, I actually picked Estrada just because I was like, well, we have him on our fantasy team. <laughs> Pushed him a little bit, right? So so Slater, uh, 619 Woba and eight at bats. But the winner of this week's Player of the Week, the great Lamont Wade Jr. He hit 250, only 250 on the week, but his Woba was 370. He had two home runs, four RBIs. I think everybody was just kind of itching for some Lamont Wade Jr. Um, love just because he he has been, when you talk about the ultimate 
utility guy. Like in basketball, you say the sixth man, you get the sixth man award. He is the sixth man of the San Francisco Giants this season because every position he can play, everything he's done for the team so far has just been lights out. He plays an awesome first base. That's huge because Brandon Belt is out. Um, and Lamont Wade Jr. has been making just great plays. At first. He was sent down, right? And then what is it, like two days later, Belt got hurt. Belt gets and- hurt. And then we're like, oh, well, um, Wade's coming back up. And here he was. So I mean, he's just a ball player. And, and we've said that before. Um, and I can't say it enough. That's what I love about the guy. Um, if you give, if I always said when I was coaching, if you gave me nine Lamont Wade juniors, they're not superstars. They're kind of that fringe guy. They'll fill in for you. But the heart and just being a straight up ball player. Uh, give me nine of those guys, and I'll, I'll win you a championship. So, uh, Lamont Wade Jr., this week's Player of the Week. All right, let's take a look at another photo, and I want to get Brad's response again. Okay. Um, and uh, I will, to those listening on the podcast, I will also then explain it. Yeah. That's a couple of old guys and a, <laughs> and a mid-range guy right there. Those are our, our all-stars right there. Very proud of them. Buster Posey, Kevin Gossman, Brandon Crawford. Um, man, that's, uh, that's kind of heartwarming right there, right? Yeah. 2021 and two of our three all-stars are from the 2000, I'll say the 2012 World Series Championship because Brandon Crawford wasn't there for 2010. But, Mm -hmm. you know, here we are nine years later and these guys are still playing lights out baseball. So, I mean, that is just such a great picture. I'm very excited for the all-star game. I'm going to be, I think, let me look at the calendar again. I will be in, arriving in Hawaii the day of the All-Star game. So I think it'll be at like 3 o'clock Hawaii time or, or 2 o'clock Hawaii time. So if I'm not having a beer and eating poke on the beach, I'll you know, you know tune into it on my phone, I think. But um, yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I love All-Star games. Uh, I love the lead up to it. I love the home run derby. Um, uh, all that stuff is just so fun for baseball. It just reminds me of we're in the dead middle of summer. Anytime it's the, you know, the midsummer classic, it's not called that, uh, you know, for, for nothing, but anytime you get to the all-star break, I just kind of get this warm feeling. It gives me great, uh, memories as a kid. Um, you know, the 89 all-star game, how can you, go wrong with that one with uh rick russell getting just <laughs> demolished by uh bo jackson uh who who hit the first home run so it was box so it was boggs and then uh bo jackson just took him almost out of the stadium i mean just killed him but because, uh was that in kansas city that was in kansas city yes that was in kansas city um and that was really rough the, the next time i think the all-star game was in kansas city was 2000. 12 and that's when the milkman milky cabrera had uh the game of his life (laughs) it was a juicy game should we say yeah very soon thereafter he was (laughs) suspended and literally persona non grata they have not uttered his name since he was suspended right yeah and then and then he goes on to play in Toronto and Chicago for the White Sox and uh you know has a has a pretty nice career after that and the Giants go on to win the World Series. Yeah. After a guy gets 
their their one of their best players gets pinched he, for steroids. He, he, he was their second best player that year after Buster, I think. Yeah, because that was Buster's uh, uh, MVP season, mm-hmm. and and they go on to have that fantastic uh, postseason come from behind run in every series they had except mm-hmm. for the World Series, and uh, so so yeah, so the, so those are the memories, you know, a lot of All Star memories that are, are that are always so fun. So yeah, so- I'm looking forward to it. Scheduling note, which is mm-hmm. you just you just heard Brad say yeah. he's going to be out of town next week. So tentatively, we are going to try and record a show on Sunday. And the reason why I say tentatively is because I still need to actually get home from <laughs> Tucson. That's um, important. Yeah. So the goal is to leave Saturday morning and get home. The problem is it's like a 13 hour drive and there are three children. And so we made it the way up, but we left at six o'clock from Truckee, probably about closer to six 30. We did not get to Tucson until 10 o'clock because of the different start and stops. And, you know, some mm-hmm. of the kids, uh, especially in, in the windier roads, some of the kids are getting sick. Oh, yeah. So, if I can get home Saturday night, we're going to do a show Sunday morning. If those plans change, I will let Brad know and we'll have to do something that week, um, you know, without him, though he will be there in spirit. Uh, but our goal is to bring on our buddy Ash Day again. You you, you may remember uh, an earlier conversation we had with Ash that was um, Ash is from the UK. He writes for a uh, publication and also uh, has his own podcast or, or participates in, it, in a podcast. So we wanted to bring him back on because it's about time. And I think we'd said, you know, every couple months or so. So that is the goal. And if I can get home on Sunday, uh, we will definitely do that. But if not, I may have to reach out to Ash and see if there's uh, any other day that would work his evening time. And then I can do it earlier and we can still get him on. Uh, but we, we wouldn't have Brad. So that is kind of the scheduling thing. And it's going to get worse as Brad's going to go to uh, Hawaii. When he comes back, I go to Hawaii. So <laughs> there, there may be a missed week in there. And then yeah. on the, on, on the shows that we, I, I will do uh, without Brad. So, you know, once we, we just got to get through July and then we're home free. Yeah, and that happens. Again, I mean, we've told people before, we don't get paid to do this. We do this out of the love of our hearts uh, for, for our club. Uh, we love chatting with each other, uh, just hanging out this past Saturday. We had a great time. We don't get to see each other in person very often. Yes. So um, I told him, you got to come back to Reno. Uh, you guys just come straight to Reno, stay at like the Peppermill, which is our favorite yeah. hotel in the, in the area. And then you guys can come over. We'll barbecue. Maybe Heck we'll yeah. do a live show in the backyard. That would we'll be barbecue. Awesome. I'll grill awesome. chicken while we're barbecuing <laughs> and we'll drink beer and it'll be like the greatest show ever. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it will be. Uh, okay. Last couple things that we want to talk about before we get out of here. I had one question for Brad, which is, if this is a hypothetical, because we don't know what the Giants plan on doing uh, as far as the trade deadline is concerned, if it was up to you, let's say that you are in the Farhan Zaidi chair mm-hmm. and you could only choose one, you could go after somebody at the deadline. Would you go after starting pitcher or would you go after somebody who could hit in the middle lineup? 
I would go with somebody who could hit in the middle of the lineup. And <clears throat> I know the Giants are a good hitting ball club. Uh, they have a lot of power this year. Um, they're still near the top in home runs. But I think, personally, I think bringing in a pitcher, uh, you know, a number three starter, a number four starter, at this point of the season, near the All-Star break, trying to get them on board with the Giants' philosophy of the way they do things on the mound – trying to get them familiar with Buster Posey, uh, Kirk Casale. I think that's a big ask. I think the Giants have enough arms um, in the majors and in AAA to be able to combine those arms through the rest of the season uh, and, and win a championship. I really do. So I think that bat in the middle of the lineup to meld with the rest of the guys, uh, that guy who can maybe be a 300 hitter, uh, somebody who can get on base a little bit more um, uh, left-handed, right-handed. I don't know. Probably a left-handed outfielder, I think, would be the way to go. Um Dickerson just hasn't become who he's supposed to be. Uh, Darren Ruff is good, but again, he's he's still not who he needs to be. Yastrzemski is struggling. So I think a left-handed bat in the outfield I think would be the way to go. I wouldn't be also against getting a very solid second baseman who could just get on base. Maybe doesn't have a lot of power, but can get on base and steal bases. Good base runner, heads-up base runner. Uh, the Giants are in a lot of close games. They can't afford to make mistakes in those close games. So I think you just need a heady guy uh, on the infield or just a, you know another power bat in the outfield, a left-handed power bat who can hit for like a 300 average. Where are you going to find him? I don't know. Uh, and who do you have to give up to get them? I don't know. We can get into that a little bit more as we get closer to the trade deadline. But I would lean uh, much closer to a bat at this point just because of, I think, the chemistry and trying to get a pitcher in there and trying to get them on the philosophy of everything the Giants do right in the middle of the season, I, I personally think would be pretty tough. So I think now I'm not 100% sure. I haven't done a ton of uh, research here. <clears throat> I don't even know if he's going to be available, but I think the top bat who uh, would sort of fit what the Giants do would be uh, Marte from the D-backs. Mm, yes. Now, he's going to be expensive. I don't know if he would be Luciano expensive, but you're to, that's we're probably talking about you know, a, a top two or three prospect for the Giants. And then you've got the whole interdivision thing that that may not work. Diamondbacks probably don't want to trade their best player to the Giants. Right. Um, but that but that would be somebody of note where you could go, oh wow, like this is a legit dude who uh who could who could come in and who could absolutely 100 percent make a difference on this team. Now if you go to the pitching side, I think the one that everybody thinks is going to get moved uh, is um, Scherzer. Now, mm -hmm. Scherzer is in the last year of his deal, so he would be an extreme rental unless you did decide that you wanted to pick, a, pick him up for another couple of years, extend him. And I do think he would probably net a tippy-top prospect from whoever uh, picks him up. So those are kind of the things that we're talking about. Um, 
I think those are kind of pie in the sky for, for the Giants. Oh, oh, and, yeah. and my guess is that um, the asking prices would be too high for both guys. And, and the, the Diamondbacks may not even want to trade uh, Marte. So that that's right. also a thing, you know, so they, they would make that cost as high as possible. But this is going to be an interesting discussion to kind of follow up on uh, once we get to that trade deadline. Off the top of your head, do you know when that trade deadline is? Uh, it's usually July 31st. Um, okay. Usually, the, the yeah, the last day of July. But but You're here's the thing. There too. you go. 100% right. Okay. But, but the thing, too, is really when it comes down to it, if the Giants do nothing, I think they're still in good shape because mm-hmm. you've got Belt, you've got Longoria, you've got Listella, you've got guys who still have to come back. So that's kind of like, you know, like a free trade deadline ad coming here in the middle of July. But but then that also tests your depth if somebody gets hurt because the Giants are getting a taste of that right now. With this many guys hurt, the Giants are getting a taste of, uh, we're kind of struggling a little bit because we're missing our big bats now and, and we're having a tough time. Now, would the Giants go out and get a closer maybe? Like a Rich Rodriguez from Pittsburgh? His name's been floated out yep. there. Oh yeah, I'd be fine with that. What's he going to cost? Not nearly as much as a Scherzer, not as much as a Marte and a Marte too. When you're talking Marte, you're talking an inter division trade. I think the price goes up a little bit (laughs) for that because the Diamondbacks are like, well, we're going to have to face Marte again, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and then maybe next season and maybe the season after that. So the price is going to go up a little bit. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to go, you know, they're not going to go with the Luciano. They're not going to go with Ramos. They're not going to, the Giants are going to trade any of those guys because they know what they're building. They know what they have. Um, if anybody, you know, it might be one of the Giants, uh, many catchers in the minor leagues, uh, um, Gosh, they have so many catchers in the minor leagues. They got Bart, they've got Bailey, they've got Genovese. Um, do they do that? I don't know. I mean, that that's a possibility. Um, but but I could see I could see something like that happening. The Giants going after a, a true tried and true closer. Um, the Mac Cheese and the Trevor Rogers, or sorry, Tyler Rogers thing going back and forth. It's working right now, but it's it's nail biting work. So it's it's kind of it's kind of tough, and I don't know if Kapler wants to walk that tightrope every single night, or if you have a guy you can throw out there, and then when he's tired, you go, you know, okay, Kim- now Mac Cheese or Rogers, Kimbrel's going to be out there too, and he's yeah, having Kimbrel, an awesome season. Yeah, he's having an awesome season. So I mean. <laughs> You know, the, I, I can see the Giants going more closer than anything because they're going to get some bats back here soon. Uh, and, and then what, what Zadie does off of the waiver wire, you know, it, it, he, can, he can make it work on the hitting side of things. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks here. All right, we're right about about we're right at about that hour mark. Um, you had mentioned at the top of the show that you had some thoughts on uh, the conversations that I was having with Brian around, you know, baseball being cool and his age group and all that. So why don't we uh, get to that and then we'll end the show? 
Yeah, yeah. Just the one big thing uh, that I wanted to I, I wanted to take away. I almost shed a tear when he said this because it was so absolutely beautiful. But uh, and I love the whole interview. It was great. If you haven't seen it, go back on our YouTube channel, watch it, uh, grab the podcast, the latest podcast. You're going to get their perspective from um, from the younger generation of what they think about baseball. Uh, you and I love MLB the Show. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to play it much lately because of work. <laughs> yeah, but but I want to jump back into it. But but it was great to hear like. Oh, well, they're doing it. You know, I'm doing the challenge in the show and this is the diamond card you can get. So he knows like the prospects from Mm -hmm. that, which is really cool. But the one big thing he said is when you said, how can you make this game more exciting for the younger generation? How can you bring more people in? He said, you can't just change the game of baseball. And that was super, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of heart-wrenching to me because it's like yeah this is the game we grew up with it's changed a lot over the last few years it feels like over the last like five years this game has just gone since so really since the last time the giants won the world series seven years later it feels like we're sometimes watching a completely different game which is hard Mm -hmm. um so him to say you can't just change the game of baseball tells me it's even ingrained in the younger generation that they know what this game is. They know how deep this game runs in families, in our veins, uh, in this country. Uh, so I, I absolutely love that. And I want to, I want to like print that quote out and put it up on my wall and just say, you know, Brian Gonzalez, you can't just change the game of baseball and then, and then send that to, uh, Rob Manfred and say, take it easy, man. The game will fix itself. Yeah. You know, go after the rule breakers, do what you got to do. And I also like that. He said, it's kind of exciting to see who gets caught. You know, when, when he said, uh, when you, when you asked him about the, the hat checks and the belt checks and the glove checks and everything, does that kind of ruin things? And after he said that, I thought, I thought, yeah, I kind of feel that same way in a weird, like uh, kind of a morbid curiosity type of way. Who's going to get busted? <laughs> like, oh, oh, this is kind of exciting. Who's when, get when's pitched? the last time Romo got on SportsCenter? Uh, last time he took his pants off. Well, right. Last time he took his pants off, but before then, it's probably on the back end of giving up a game-winning home run or something, right? Exactly. Like it, it allowed him to kind of be back on TV and say, "Oh, Romo's playing for the A's." Like I didn't know. I'm sure there was a lot of that. But he's taking his pants off. (laughs) He's taking his pants off. Um, Yeah. No. It was. It's it's interesting because you know they they grew up playing and they grew up going to a lot of games. We probably from 2008 uh I would say until well after 2008 it started to get super expensive to go to games. Mm, so it yeah. wasn't as easy for us to go as much cuz I used to just take them, you know, I used to take some time off of work in the summer and we'd go to see like a three game set. We'd go like back to back to back and we'd stay out there in in uh you know near San Francisco. And so they, you know, they're at the park, like we'd go early, like two hours early, they'd have their run of the park and they'd go run around and they'd go figure out, you know, giants are batting practice. They would go in the bleachers and then, you know, they'd see some players signing autographs and they'd run down to the dugouts. And so we would do that. Then that, that was kind of how they grew up. So 
you know, they understand the game uh, at, a, at a fairly high level, but there's also this coolness factor that is missing that makes it easily to translate to non-fans. And I don't know, they, they have their work cut out for them in that way, but changing the game that has worked for a hundred years or whatever, you know, whenever the, the baseball started to become popular, you're right. That's not, it's not the right thing to do. You can improve and you can, you know, you can speed up certain things. You can go, Oh yeah. You know, this intentional walk thing where you have to make four pitches and, you know, nothing ever happens out of this moment. Just, (laughs) just, just throw the four fingers up, send the guy to first base. You know, we say five minutes that that's a smart thing to do. Right. Putting a runner on second base in extra innings, probably not a smart thing to do. But we've also we've said, look, maybe in the 10th inning uh, or the 11th inning, you start putting runners on or you you can do it then. But to do it in the 10th, yeah. you know, it's it's probably a little too much. Uh, but, you know, the universal DH, I think we're both for that now. So there are things you can do to, to tweak it and to make it better. But fundamentally changing the game, I think, is probably not the right thing. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's uh, the the stuff that they're doing and the stuff that they're thinking about doing, making the bases a little bit bigger so you get more stolen bases, this and that. You know what? If stolen bases aren't part of the game right now, they're not part of the game. It's cyclical. It will come back. At some point, stolen bases will come back because at some point, launch angle is going to change because pitching will evolve and change to combat launch angle. So different things will happen and then and then stolen bases will come. It's going to ebb and flow. And I'm okay with that. I mean, it's, you know... Uh, God forbid, hopefully I live like, you know, 80 or 90 years and I'm going to see all these different generations of baseball. And I like that. I, I like the fact that it's like, oh, what could the 2002 San Francisco Giants do against the 1962 San Francisco Giants, which are two totally different ball clubs, uh, two totally different things. So so that the type of debate and, and thing is, all, is always fun instead of like, well, the game has changed and now there's launching when there's more home runs and a lot more strikeouts. Let's change things in the game to bring that back. Mm, no, no, no. Let's live with this era and be okay with this era. It, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. Make the ballparks more exciting. Uh, do something different that doesn't affect the 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 play on the field. Um, but, but anyways, we can go, we can do like eight shows on this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll be it from here. Uh, Brad will, uh, if we can do a show this weekend, Brad will be back for one more, but he's going to be on vacation. So he's going to miss a couple weeks. Um, I will, uh, yeah, I'll figure out what my uh, my home schedule is going to be like. If we can get home uh, on time, then we will definitely do it. And if not, then I'll be creative. I may be able to do stuff around uh, home run derby time or or even all star game nice. time based on on my my schedule next week. So yeah, we'll just stay in tune with our Twitter at Thompson to Clark um, and uh, the Facebook group as well if you want to join that. So for Brad. I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.